Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's uh, episode of the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast. Um, uh, this week is actually just going to be uh, just me. Uh, Dan, for whatever reason, uh, managed to book one too many um, inspections on some of the properties he's getting deals done on and ran out of time. So that aside, uh, it'll be just me and lucky you. So what I wanted to look at today um, quite simply is what kind of effects are we seeing and beginning to see um, in the Canadian economy in a post-pandemic world? And what is the city doing? What can we expect in the future? Are we going to be working full-time from home, part-time from home? And what does this mean for real estate kind of looking forward? Right. So I think we'll start just by doing a quick snapshot of uh, the current economy in BC. Uh, we'll take a look at the jobs. We'll look at some immigration numbers to see if they're still up to date. And then after that, um, you know, I kind of want to take a look at um, what's going on in the city of Vancouver. And, you know, we looked at a survey uh, here as well, um, and it noted um, what we've learned in terms of commuting in a post-pandemic world and what that means for real estate. So some interesting things here for investors. Um, so first of all, let's just start with um, the month of May. Um in terms of the Canadian employment. Um, when you look at, uh, nationally speaking, actually employment, we lost 68,000 jobs in May. Um, now that was led by a decline of about 54,000 of part-time jobs. So not something to get overly concerned about. Um, we're seeing some of that um, largely in the retail sector, largely in the service sector. Um, and it was more of a clamping down in um, places like Nova Scotia and Ontario that saw that because uh, they had a much harder time with the third wave. Um, that being said, um, the unemployment rate um, also fell slightly in, in um, I believe, in BC here from 7.1 to 7%, uh, which is great. Um, and then job losses also slowed in May in BC, generally speaking, only fell by about 1,900 jobs. Um, and that's because we've seen um, the opening of uh, a lot more of the service sector and, and uh, things like boat rentals and stuff like that starting to open up, which is great. Um, so what does this mean for, uh, for immigration too? Because immigration is a very important part of the Canadian housing sector. Um, it's I mean, a lot of prices and futures are based on um, what's going on with our immigration policy. So under the current plan, um, we're trying to welcome 401,000 new immigrants. Um, now, that was the target early this year. Um, you know, and in 2020, we actually sought to bring in 341,000. However, because of COVID, uh, that was cut short to about 184,000. But from everything we've been uh, looking at here, it actually appears that Canada is not on pace to hit that 401,000 uh, target this year. 
And that's largely due to, uh, I, I think, uh, largely due to the consistent clamping down of travel, um, people coming across the border. Canada put a focus on turning um, permanent residences that were currently in the country um, as opposed to those that are still coming in. Uh, with that being said, um, you know, we've still seen some some decent numbers, I think up in February and early on, we were seeing 25, 26,000 a month. It's now coming down to about 21,000 a month. Um, so I still think, uh, you know, Canada is on pace to shatter um, last year's numbers of 186,000. I think it'll be much closer to about the 300,000 number in terms of newcomers. Um, so, you know, generally speaking, what does that mean for, for the recovery? Um, are we going to start to see a slower recovery as a result of that? I mean, it's possible, right? I do think what we're going to see, um, still a decent recovery, uh, taking place here. Um, you know, the jobs are stabilizing, which is great. Uh, we're still increasing our new permanent residents. Um, and those are people who can buy real estate without, um, paying the foreign buyer's tax, right? So it's an important note. Um, anyhow, um, what's going to happen when we get back to a bit more normal? And are we going to start to see where are these people that are coming in, where are they going to live? And in order to understand that, we kind of need to digress a little bit and take a look at um, a survey. A survey that was taken um, I think it was last week, and it was looking, um, generally speaking, at people and whether or not they liked to commute to work. I mean, it sounds like uh, a bit of a no-brainer. Most people don't like a commute to work, but the pandemic really uh, exacerbated that. And here's kind of what was found. Um, the future of commuting to work may look very different in a post-pandemic world. Um, according to a new survey that found nearly one-third of Canadians want their commute to be less than 15 minutes. And that's if they have to go to work, right? Two-thirds, 66% of respondents said they wanted a hybrid model. So splitting their time working remotely and in a workplace. And if it's full-time in that workplace, they don't want to commute more than 15 minutes. And I think what time at home has showed people is that that commuting time could be repurposed in other ways, right? It can be repurposed for um, hanging out with your children. It can be used to go to the gym. It can be used to support local businesses um, and have more time to interact with friends and family. I think these are things that are very attractive to people, right? Um, so when it comes to commuting specifically, 68% of the participants said they desired their commute to work to be no longer than 30 minutes, and 31% of workers said they preferred the 15-minute one, right? So between 15 and 30 minutes is kind of what people are saying they're willing to take on. Um, and this is, this is very interesting because I think if you, if you take this for a second and you think about what does it mean for real estate, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of people um, this year who have sold real estate that they had as investments and are now asking me, okay, well, you know, thanks in part to the pandemic, low interest rate environment pushed prices up. I've now divested out of that real estate asset, um, but I still want to stay in real estate. Where should I be buying and what does the future look like? And it's a great question and it's a difficult one to answer. Um, so a couple of things, where should I buy and why? 
Um, well, I think as we continue to move into a more normal environment, um, I think you're going to see companies eventually adopt this work from home model or and come into the office. It'll be sort of a two days in the office, three days in the office, and the balance of the week working from home. And I think this is going to be the case because uh, it's in favor for both parties. Um, you get to cut overhead, cut cost from the company perspective, but you still get to retain some company culture um, and uh, diversity in the workplace where people can can meet both in the workplace and online. Um, but I think the idea of returning to a workplace five days a week, um, well, I mean, according to this survey, 30% of Canadians, if they were told to return to work to a full five-day work week at the office, would look for another job. So, you know, that's going to leave some employers wondering about what their models are going to look like, right? And that, in turn, will affect real estate utility. So when we look at, um, even when you just, you, you look at, at the long term, for example, too, Vancouver, generally speaking, downtown Vancouver right now has more than three and a half million square feet of office space under construction, under construction, sorry, or planned for release in the short run. This accounts for 15% of all office space in Vancouver. So how are we going to, one, work in these spaces? Two, is it going to create a new sort of housing boom? Here, because if we continue with large immigration numbers and we fill up the jobs, then generally speaking, there's going to be upward pressure on price uh, for for homes, single family homes, uh, condos, all that kind of stuff. Okay, well, let's say I'm a 30 year old or I'm a 28 year old, and I've come to Vancouver. Uh, I'm working in tech, and uh, I've got a hybrid model that I'm working with, which is the case for I think a lot of people in Vancouver, and. Um, I think what we're going to start to see in terms of real estate now, you're going to see um, an increased value on the utility that a home can produce, right? So where home offices used to be uh, a tier two, tier three, tier four request for buyers are now going to become a prominent tier one request, right? So you're, you're, if you start at condos, for example, and condos are a great place to look at because of their affordability for entry level and so on, um, and typically because they're along light rapid transit routes, and that's a key piece of this investment advice, is that when you look at this hybrid model, people are going to need at least a one bed and a den, so that they have a space to work from. Um, they are going to want to be along the light rapid transit lines. Again, you don't want to be anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes further than any sort of center business district, right? If you're buying real estate outside of that sort of that zone, if you take a business di district and you draw either a car ride um, or a train ride 20 to 30 minutes outside of that center, you draw a big circle, a couple of things you're going to find. You're actually going to find a lot of that <clears throat> real estate is uninhabitable in Vancouver. There's a lot of water, right? So there's going to put pressure on certain markets for, um, and, and only because they're the only markets thing that can support this. So when you look at places like the center of Surrey, um, Surrey city center, right? Where it's got SkyTrain access. Now, the question I have is Langley going to build light rapid transit and connect with Surrey, which then connects to the downtown core, right? And other major business centers. You look at Port Moody, Port Moody is doing the same, right? And then you also look at places like Richmond. So, 
those three centers, for example, I think are going to be great growth centers in the next five to 10 years based on the fact that we are moving towards a hybrid model of working from home and working at the office. So if I'm an investor, I should be thinking about condominiums that can support a work from home model, but also are only about a 30 to 40 minute train ride or light rapid transit or autonomous car driving or something like that's going to, it's not too far away. Um, and that you're not too far from these business centers because we know that the quality of life that people are after is they don't want to commute more than 30 minutes. And if they have to be there every day, no more than 15, right? So that'll put pressure on areas that are, that support the business districts. So that's something to consider. If you got to go further out than that, and you do got to travel more than 30 minutes, then I would really put an emphasis on the utility of the home you buy. So if you've got to travel 45 minutes to an hour to work, that's a long time. But if you've got to do that, then I would seriously think about buying a, a much bigger home further out that's going to be affordable so that you, know, you have a bit more of an opportunity to work completely from home. Um, you're also going to get a better price point. You're going to get, you know, it's going to be easier for you to grow a family in that home. So you may move less, right? Um, at the same time, I, I think that these homes that are further out, they also may see a greater gain in terms of percentages than, you know, homes that are closer to Vancouver because they're far more expensive to begin with. Um, as these homes continue to get more and more expensive, the buyer pool for them will continue to get shorter and shorter and shorter, right? Um so people will continue to also look outward, right? So it'll put greater pressure on those homes that are bigger and in communities that are further out, but it'll also put more pressure on the municipal governments inside of them to build light rapid transit to service the business districts that these people work at. So these are some um, tidbits of advice that I would be looking for um, if I was looking to invest in homes um, in Vancouver in the next sort of five years. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? Um, we've also got some interesting data on um, on the Bank of Canada here and interest rates and a little look at mortgage payments and, and some interesting tidbits here. Um, I want to take you back to taking a look at mortgage payments. Um, and if we go back to the 1980s, I know it's a scary time for interest rates, but did you know that in the 1980s, only 4.6% of payments went to principal? Isn't that crazy? I feel like you'd own your home forever doing that. And then in the 90s, it jumped to 11.9%. And then in the 2000s, it was 26.5%. However, in today's mortgage environment, 61% of your mortgage payment is actually going as a principal reduction payment. So it has never been a better time to take out money, a lot of it, <laughs> generally speaking, and pay down that debt without having to pay interest. Right, The vast majority of what you're paying is getting paid off. There's actually, for perspective, um, in, the, in the 80s after a five-year term, um, you would on average have paid down 3.8% of your home. The balance went to interest. And in today's environment, after that same five-year term, roughly 16.2% is actually paid off. So a huge difference in terms of leverage and ownership. Um, 
In terms of uh, just a quick update in terms of where we're at uh, for the month um, of Vancouver um, in home sales. Um, we've got about 1,519 homes that have sold this month. We are on pace for uh, 4,170 units. That's about a 3% drop from where we were last month, um, but near is no different um, so long as all things maintain the same. Um, we're ha- seeing a little bit of drop uh, in terms of, of total listings, and that's due in part to, I think, a lot of people thinking about going away, maybe pushing off the listing now until the, uh, till September, October. Um, so, you know, we're still on pace for about 6,900, um, generally speaking, but uh, last month we saw 71. So again, a bit of a further decline. Um, and um, the averages here, so the price average um, is at 1.185 million, up 3,500 uh, from last month. Uh, the median is 865000 again, down $25,000, falling roughly 60000 in the last two months. So something to really consider here. Um, Bank of Canada decided to hold rates on June 9th, so we haven't really seen any change there. Um, it also cited it hasn't seen sustained inflation at 23 uh, 2% yet. I know we had a, a month there of a 3.4, but again, coming off of a wonky baseline. So generally speaking, um, good news, I think, that we're not you know jumping crazy up in inflation here. Um, and they also came out and said that they were not going to move uh, rates for at least until Q2 of 2022. Um, so again, uh, I think their temperament is that, um, you know, housing will continue to run at an elevated pace. Um, it is softening, um, as we can see here, but, you know, uh, marginally at this point now, um, other than the medium price, which has seemed to be continuously coming down here. Um, but I think you'll start to see this softening take place over the next few months. And I think as we go well into the summer months here, um, It'll, it'll quiet down a little bit before coming back, I think, and having a strong end to the year. Um, that's generally where we think um, uh, the market is headed right now. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, a, 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 you know, a fast look at what's happening in terms of immigration, whether they were keeping up to date, um, the employment numbers for the country and BC, respectively. And then also we looked at a little bit of... Um, you know, how, how companies are reshaping um, and where they're working. And I think um, their models are going to affect the way we live and buy and use real estate. So uh, this is going to be a bit of an ongoing discussion here because I think as we continue to evolve um, and reopen um, and have a, a full-blown economy again, I think the way things were and the way things that we're anticipating, uh, there's going to fall somewhere in the middle here, and that's going to have an interesting effect on real estate. So anyhow, um, next week we will uh, have both of us at it again. So looking forward to that. And um, yeah, tune in to you guys next week. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.